let that be a lesson too. You say, oh my God, if they, if they just knew who I really was, if they just knew that I was a Christian, if they just knew that God was really in me, then they would leave me alone. Eh, wrong. <laughs> wrong answer. Let's start again. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. All right, well, as you know, we have been in a series for the past uh, two weeks. This is week number three of the series entitled The Long Way Home. The Long Way Home. This is part number three in that series. And it is so very important for you to understand uh, the truths Um, that the Lord is bringing out in this series so that you may apply it to your lives. Oftentimes, uh, during our services here, and with any others, I believe, uh, there'll be times when you will have word that you can immediately apply and do. Do. Then there are other times that the Lord says, well, I need you to be. I need you to hear this, understand this, absorb this, that you may become this. And as you become this, you will find yourself doing this. Does that make sense? All right, let's go ahead and go and uh, let's pray. Father, thank you again for this opportunity you've given us to gather on your word. Lord, we humbly beseech your presence and we acknowledge the presence of your Holy Spirit. You are the teacher. Lead us in the way we should go. Lord, we thank you for looking beyond our faults seeing our needs. Thank you for covering our faults in your precious blood and in your righteousness. We say, have your way in us. You are the teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, let's go ahead and look. uh, Today, it's part number three. So we're going to speak from the uh, subject today of reborn. Reborn. Now, I just know that we will not get... To through uh, all of this today, so really I'm not even going to try. We're just going to walk in step with the Holy Spirit and stop when we feel him say stop. Amen? Amen. That's what we're going to do. All right, so uh, we're going to go back and look again at John 3.16. John 3.16, and of course this is our series verse. And today we're going to look at really almost the entire chapter, uh, almost the entire third chapter of John because to understand John 3:16, you really have to understand verses 1 through 15 and the verses under that as well. So that's what we're going to be endeavoring to do. So let's go ahead and read John 3:16, and it says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life." Hallelujah. So we're going to, between today and the next time and possibly the next time, you should really have a good understanding of what this verse actually means. I'm not saying that you're going to understand it in its totality, because I think it's going to take an eternity to understand God's word in its completeness. But we'll have a better picture today than we had yesterday. Hallelujah. All right, so let's go ahead, and of course, here's our question of the series. Will you choose life 
or death. Remember, it is your choice. And for you to say, well, I'll decide later, I'm not choosing, I'll decide later, remember, that's the same thing as if you said no, because the results are the same. So for our online community that is viewing us now and, uh, and, and listening later, we want to let you know that we love you guys so very much, and we are really praying for you. So thank you for joining us. Amen. So if you've not heard parts one or two, go back and do that. Go back and do that. So let's get into it. All right. We're going to read uh, John, the third chapter, verses 1 through 21. So it's a lot of verses. So thank you so much for your prayers. We're going to read verses 1 through 21, and then we're going to go back, and we're going to start again at verse number 1 and work our way all the way down. Amen? Amen. So that's what we're going to do today, the Lord willing. So let's go ahead and read. It says, there was a man, this is again, John the third chapter, verse 1 through 21. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. Verse 12, if I have told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Let's read this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth 
not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Now, that's actually the end of the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. Then the Bible begins to talk about John the Baptist and and uh, John the Baptist's uh, disciples and how Jesus is baptizing, although Jesus himself baptized none but his disciples. And there was this thing going on, hey, John, Jesus is baptizing people and people are coming to him. What'd you say about John? John said, hey, look, I've told you before, I am not Christ, but I'm here to bear witness of Christ. He must increase, his ministry must increase, and mine must decrease. And so John begins to talk about Jesus. And then, so we're going to go down to verse 36, and uh, he begins to give words about Christ, and then we will end this part here in our reading here. John uh, 3.36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him him. We'll talk about that as we get further on into the series. All right, so let's finally get back up to verse number one. Let's try that again. Let's finally get back to verse number one. All right, praise the Lord. All right, so this is very powerful, very exciting, so stay with me, okay? So verse one says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, uh, there is something, there are two extremely powerful things that, first of all, that that you've got to know. Now, we've just read through this. We know, first of all, that the name Nicodemus, I need you to know this, the name Nicodemus means conqueror. The name Nicodemus means conqueror, all right? So we see here a picture of a conqueror coming to Jesus by night. Now, why is he coming by night? Maybe because he's afraid of the criticism of his his, uh, fellow Pharisees. Maybe because he doesn't want to be seen with Jesus in public. And so he comes to Jesus in secret, privately, to have this conversation with him. So it seems right off that we have a cowardly, a a cowardly conqueror, right? Nicodemus, Nicodemus' name means conqueror, right? And you would think that a conqueror would be someone that is brave. All right, so up until this point, Nicodemus can be seen cowardly. But after his encounter with Jesus, and we'll see this further on in the series, Lord willing, after his encounter with Jesus, Nicodemus is no longer cowardly. But he begins really uh, to manifest the character of his name. As a matter of fact, I believe in John the seventh chapter, uh, the Pharisees were talking about Jesus again, and, and and yeah, they were talking about Jesus again. And Nicodemus stands up for him. 
he stands up for him. And as you see further on too, after the Lord's crucifixion, Joseph of Arimathea um, asked Pilate for the body of Jesus, and they take the body of Jesus down, going to put him, the body of Jesus, in the tomb. And you'll find Nicodemus there as well, bringing spices and ointments to anoint the body of Jesus. So at one point, he's afraid, he's cowardly. But after this encounter with Jesus, he becomes brave and begins to speak up. Now, that's Nicodemus. The party that he was a part of were called the Pharisees. Now, you all know that the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, they were always after Jesus. They were all, they were butting heads with him. They were, they were in opposition with Christ almost every turn. And the Pharisees were very well, they were focused on doing, focused on doing. You didn't do this right. You didn't do that right. Uh, if you came in from the market and you didn't wash your hands, they would have something to say about that. You know, they, they had a, they focused really on the external, but not on the internal. They were focused more on doing, on religious works, doing, but not being. Of course, Christ focused on the internal. They focused on the external. So that was a lot of the challenges that they faced. Let me give an example of what Jesus said about the Pharisees. Let's go to uh, Matthew 23, just to bring this to your attention. Matthew 23, verse 27 and 28. Are you with me? It says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. What do you call them? Hypocrites. For ye are like unto whitened sepulchers, that's tombs, uh, which, uh, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Now, that's pretty powerful. Now, here's Jesus telling them, you are like a tomb. You are like a graveyard. Your headstone is nice and white and clean, clean marble. But inside, it's death. So again, the Pharisees focused on the outward. These were the ones who loved to pray in the streets and they're all loud. They wore these long robes. These were the ones who would love to appear holy before men outwardly, outwardly. But inside, uh, inside they were dead. The Lord said uh, in vain they did worship him. In vain. They had great lip service, but their hearts were far from him. So, so for a man to come to Jesus from that group, from that group, and say, hey, uh, let's have a conversation. Now, so here again, we're going to talk about the conversation that they had. And this conversation, I'm telling you, is mind-blowing. I know we just read it, but so we're going to have to unpack it because it is mind-blowing. Because inside of this conversation, Jesus, the man who is from above, we'll look at this. 
and that has come down begins to give us some universal and divine wisdom and insight that we have not seen before. He breaks these things down. He shows us the path of man, uh, or we can say the journey of man. We're going to see that here in this context of scripture. And so again, it is not so much, my purpose uh, today is not so much to give you something to do, but it's to give you um, food for fault. It is to give you uh, wisdom from God so that you may be transformed inwardly and then eventually your actions are transformed too. Amen. That makes sense? All right. So let's look at this again. I want you to see this. This is so very powerful. Let's look at uh, verse number two. Yeah, verse two. So here starts the conversation. Here starts the conversation. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, which means what? Teacher, right? Saying so came to him and said, Rabbi, listen, we know. We know. Remember, Nicodemus is a ruler. He is a leader, right? He is one of their leaders. And he says, we know. Pastor Nelson got up this morning and kept using the word ambassador, ambassador, ambassador. He says, we know. Now, so Nicodemus is about to clue Jesus in. Now, the Lord already knows, of course. But he's about to tell him what his group has been talking about concerning Jesus. He says, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. We know, Jesus, that you are from God. It would seem like if you know that he is from God, that you would stop messing with him. Right? But remember, they kept messing with him and messing with him and messing with him. They finally got him on the cross and killed him. They plotted his death. But yet, and still, they say, we know that you are from God. And, and let that be a lesson, too. You say, oh, my God, if they, if they just knew who I really was, if they just knew that I was a Christian, if they just knew that God was really in me, then they would leave me alone. Eh, wrong. <laughs> wrong answer. Let's start again. Yeah. All right. He says, we know that thou, art, that thou art a teacher from God. Listen, why do they know this? Because of what he's been teaching? Because of what Jesus has been saying? No. How do they know this? For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Okay? So they say, remember the Pharisees were all about doing, all about appearance. So they noticed Jesus' doings. And they say, because of what you've been doing, the miracles, we know, we've seen the miracles, we've seen what you've been doing, so we know you're from God. Now, this whole conversation, underlying conversation here, Nicodemus is really inquiring about Jesus' miracles. The whole thing, now, he's really inquiring about the miracles, about the source of the miracles. How are you able to do this, Jesus? Because after all, we know the word too. We've been preaching a long time, too. We got a lot of people coming to our meetings, too. But we have not seen the manifestation of God's presence like we see in your meetings. Understand the Pharisees, scribes, Sadducees, they all knew the word, baby. They all knew it. But they could not manifest. They could not manifest the promise. So Nicodemus comes to him by night. Jesus, we know you from God. We've seen it. 
So the question, really, the underlying question is, how are you able to do this? So the whole conversation, all the way down to John 3.16, is in an answer to Nicodemus's unasked question about the miracles. How are you able to do this? How is this happening? How can we get God in our services? How can we do this? How can we see God? How, how can we do this? How are you able to do this, Jesus? So think about that question as we go further on down. Are you, are you with me today? They say again, for no man can do these miracles that, that thou doest except God be with him. All right. So let's look at verse number three. Jesus answered and said unto him. All right, so here comes some of the answer to his question. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be what? Born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus brings in the concept of king, two concepts, one, born again, and then also the kingdom of God. Nicodemus has nothing to say about the kingdom of God because he understands what it is. The kingdom of God talks about God's rule, his, his, um, his reign, his dominion, his territory. The kingdom of God is where all miracles originates. Every, all, all God's miracles come through the kingdom of God. The moves of God come through the kingdom of God. It is the source of the supernatural, the kingdom of God. Are you hearing Jesus said, if you, you need something, he said, if, he said, don't just go around and, and beg for stuff like the Gentiles do because your father know what, knows what you have need of, but this is what you do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things should be added to you. Jesus operated in another world, in another reality, in another kingdom. And whenever he had need, he just pulled out the, he just pulled out what he needed from the kingdom of God. When there were uh, 5,000 plus people there and they needed something to eat, he asked the disciples, you give them something to eat. And they said, what? We don't have that kind of money around here. We don't have these supplies. Send them away. Jesus said, no, 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 don't send them away. You give them something to eat. We don't have this. What you got? All we got is two fish, five loaves. That's all we have in this reality, in this kingdom, in, in this in this dimension, Jesus said, boys, let me show y'all something. Tell them, sit down. What? Tell them, sit down. They all sat down. Jesus took what they had, and he looked up toward heaven. He looked up toward heaven, recognizing another kingdom, another reality, another dimension, if you will. He prayed and broke, and everybody ate. Are you hearing? He pulled supplies out of another dimension, out of another reality Amen. called the kingdom of God. Yes. All power, yes. miracles, authority, all of that comes through the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus saw the miracles and he understood that these miracles came from another reality, came from another dimension. It was unworldly. Right or unearthly, it didn't. There's nothing here because you say, how can a man walk on water? He has to be operating in something else. How can a man speak to the storm and it stops? He has to be walking and doing something else. Amen. This is otherworldly. He's operating in another kingdom. 
So let's look at that again. He says, he tells them two things. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom, cannot see the kingdom of God. So let's stay with there for a second. You got to do this, Nicodemus, be born again so that you can see this reality. So that you can see this. Now we know further on down, he talks about entering into it seeing it and entering into it. So there's another reality that's all around you. The power and presence of God is all around you. Remember that the Lord's message to the world was, one of the messages was, repent for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's within hand. And then after the Lord was uh, crucified, resurrected, we know the kingdom of God is within us. It's within us. So, and we know that further on in scripture that the Father, the Lord Jesus says that it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, to give us the kingdom. All these resources. Now, again, the kingdom of God is the source of all healing, all miracles, all deliverance, financial things, all of that stuff is within this invisible kingdom that's all around us. The kingdom of God is all around you. And if you're born of God, the kingdom of God is actually within you. Everything that you need is actually within you. So, again, go back. Nicodemus asking about the source. How are you able to do this? One, he's able to pull this through the kingdom of God. Nicodemus didn't have a problem with that. Understand that. I know God is with you. We already said that, Jesus. But tell me about this born again thing. Because unless you're born again, you can't see this other reality. Are, are, we, are we there? Amen. Unless you're born again, you can't see it. It's there, but you can't interact with it. All right? So let's talk about being uh, born again here. Now, the word born, of course, talks about when uh, a woman gives birth to children or talks about a, a father, uh, a man fathering children. All right, being born. So right away we see a physical picture. So in order to go through this, I need you to, you ladies that have been pregnant before, remember your belly being swollen right now. Remember that whole process, okay? Some of you laughing now, some of you going, oh my God. Remember the process of that. All right, uh, us men, if you have seen it, and if you've been in the delivery room, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and we'll stop it right there. I was there for the birth of both of my children, and I know it's not an easy thing. I saw it. I was there, CJ. I saw it. But let's go on, Scott. We got to go on. Let's, let's go on. Remember the birthing process, all right? If nothing else, you've probably seen it happen on TV in some movie somewhere. All right. So uh, are, we, are we all there yet? Are we there yet? All right. Born again. Born again. Jesus is about to tell Nicodemus something natural to illustrate something that happens spiritual. Okay. This, this born naturally is a shadow of what takes place in the spirit. Okay? All right. Let's go ahead. So Lord's got to bring this information to Nicodemus and to us in a way that he can understand, in the way that we can understand. He says, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Now, the word again is very curious. 
Let's look at the definition of the word again. Are y'all with me? Again. Again. Again is the Greek word, uh, anothen. Anothen. Can you say anothen? So we, again, we're just taking our time. Just taking our time and swimming around. Taking our time. Anothen. Anothen means from above, from a higher place, or things which come from heaven or God. From the first, from the beginning, from the very first, it also means a new and what? Over again, over again. So Nicodemus, he clues in really, now Jesus is talking to Nicodemus in words that he understands. Now we know the Bible was translated from, uh, translated from Greek you know, into English for us but they spoke Aramaic, right? And so Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus words that, that he understands. So in the words that he understands, Nicodemus just picks up on the last part of this definition, meaning being born over again, going through the birthing process over again. He's not picking up being born from above. Okay, being born from above. Actually, and you'll see this, Jesus is talking about being born from above. He's talking about, yes, being born over again, but this over again is from above and not from beneath. Okay? You got it? Y'all hang with me. Hang with me. So remember those definitions. Remember that word? um, Remember that word, anothen, anothen. Very, you got to get that, anothen, all right? And it means one definition, again, it means being born from above. It does mean being born over again, but over again where? From above, not from beneath, from above. Let's look at verse number four. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Listen, this this next phrase tells you where his mind is. He says, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? We don't want to see that picture, so don't even think about seeing that picture again of this grown man. Don't even even get that picture in your head. Slap yourself if you have to. It's not going to happen. He's thinking naturally. How is it possible that I can enter again into the birthing canal? It's, It's not possible. Jesus, here again, straightens him out. And Jesus' answer here talks about our passage home. He taught, he gives us an eternal truth. All right? An eternal truth. Look what Jesus says. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot what? Enter the kingdom of God. All right? Now, remember Nicodemus' whole thing's about miracles and the source of these miracles, they're coming through the what? They're coming through the kingdom of God. Before Jesus said, unless you're born again, you can't even see it. Now he's telling him, unless you're born of water and of spirit, you cannot enter. All right? Now here's the whole concept. We've just talked about Jesus pulling things out of the kingdom of God, whether it be healing, whether it's deliverance, whether it's food that is needed, whether it, whether it is authority to calm the storms or authority to cast out devils, 
The kingdom of God is at his disposal. He can reach in. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. You can interact with it. But now he's telling us something deeper. Not only can you pull things out of it, but you can also step into it. You can also enter that place. So now once you're in it, that means it's all around you. You are abiding in the kingdom of God. And you do that through the path of being born of water and the spirit. Now, some have wrongly interpreted this born of water, meaning water baptism. That's nowhere in here. He's talking about being born of water, that is born of a woman. Every woman that I've seen, when the time of birthing was at hand, they said, oh, My water broke. Isn't that right? At least that's what you saw on TV. It happens. Sissy said it happens in life. It happens in life. And I believe Sissy. Born of water. That means you have to be a human being. Born of water. And then you are also what? Born of spirit. Noting, notice the, the spirit there is a capital S denoting the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. That is born of, that is you are a human being and you are also, you have a choice to be born of the Spirit. All right. One, you are born from beneath, that is out of your mother's womb, right? And secondly, you're born from above, out of the womb of the Spirit. Are you still with me? All right, we're going to go further than that in just a minute. He said in verse number six, he says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, Nicodemus. He said, that which is born of spirit is spirit. He said, and that which, yeah, that's born of spirit, spirit. Look, verse seven, marvel not that I say unto thee that you must be born again. You must be born again. So again, this talks about the human journey. Uh, Women are, rather we, all mankind, are born through the birthing canal of the woman. And of course, water is, uh, her water is broken and we are born through that canal. Then we must be born of the spirit that is born of God, born from above. Now, Jesus gives witness to this. There are multiple times when the Lord talks about this. You'll find this also, John the Baptist talked about this uh, in the same chapter, uh, John the third chapter. But I want you to see something in John the eighth chapter. Let's look at John the eighth chapter. Again, so we're talking about this now. And as you absorb this, absorb what's happening, or if you're born again now, I want you to absorb what happened to you and absorb where you are and what you have access into. Hallelujah. Let's look at uh, John, the eighth chapter. I'm going to read verse 23 through 29. Listen to what it says. Jesus says about himself here. He says, and he said, and he said unto them, ye are from beneath. He said, I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. Do you see that? He said, I said, therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. 
For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Now, let me bring this point to you again. People do not die and go to hell because they have because of their sins. They die and go to hell because they have refused to believe in him. That's straight Bible. Straight Bible. Religion tells you, religion tells you, unless you do, 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 you're done. That's what they say, really. Isn't that right, Linda? Unless you do this, do this, and do this, act this way, act this way, do this, you're done. God doesn't want you. But God said, no, 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 no. It's about believing in Christ. We just read John 3, 16 a minute ago. Do we need to read it again? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not what? Would not perish, would not go to hell, but have what? Everlasting life. It's about believing in Christ. You see, because when a person, when a human being uh, receives Christ, when Christ comes inside of you, Christ begins to change all of your life. You cannot remain the same once Christ comes in. But what we have seen are people that have been really hypocrites. They say that they are one thing, but they're actually something else. And they name the name of Christ, and they look, hmm, they look all clean on the outside, but inside they're filled with dead men's bones. They've never known Christ. Right? As we said before, you're going to find it hard to teach a dog to meow. You're going to find it hard to teach a cat to bark. It's just not in them. It's just not in them to do it. Are you hearing? Let's look again. <clears throat> he says again, verse 24, and I say therefore, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. You will, you, do you see this? And really, we're, we're almost closing. My goodness. That you shall die in your sins. Let's read the next part. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Jesus is the one who would take away your sins, who gives you access into the presence of God through his precious blood. Hallelujah. All right. Look at verse 25. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you. But he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake, of, they spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. All right, so he said, When you have lifted me up, now that's exactly what he said there also in John 3. 15, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Right? Are you hearing? The Bible, I'm, and the Lord says it again and again and again, and I'll show you this in Scripture as we go on. Uh, look at verse 29. And he that sent me is with me, the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. So let's talk just for a few minutes. We're not going get to it, get to the whole thing. Let's talk about being... Uh, regenerated. 
Because when the Lord talks about you being born again, he's talking about you being part of another bloodline. He's talking about you having another uh, DNA. He's talking about you being a new creature all together, new creation all together. All right? For that, let's look first of all at 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15. You can write that down. 1 Corinthians 15. This is another clear indication of what he's talking about as he's talking about being born of God and what happens being born again. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45 says this. It says out of the uh, NLT. It says, the scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the what? But the what? But the last Adam, that is who? Christ is a life-giving spirit. So it talks about the two Adams. I'm grateful that the Bible does not say that Jesus was the second Adam, because that may indicate that there may be a third, fourth, fifth, so forth and so on. But it says that Jesus is the last Adam, which means that there would not be another. You and I, when we are born of a woman, when we are born into the earth, born out of water, born through the water, we take on the image and the characteristics of the first Adam. But when we are born again, we take on the image and characteristics of the last Adam. Make sense? Adam talks about the place of origin, the place of beginning, the first one in the line of many. Adam of Adam and Eve were the first, Adam was the first in a line of many. Christ, the last Adam, is the first, the prototype, if you will, in a line of many. He's the, the Bible calls him the elder brother, our elder brother of many other brethren to come. Does that make sense? Of many more to come. Jesus would actually, as he came to the earth, he would walk it out. He would walk out the entire plan. He would show us how to live, show us how to interact with the kingdom of God. He would demonstrate a lifestyle that was meant for the new believers, uh, his brethren, brother and sister, and that will come after him. So everything that Jesus has done in the earth, he did not as God, but he did as the son of God. When you and I are born again, we become sons of God. And so this is why Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go unto my Father. Again, if Jesus had done all these works as God, we would all be impressed, but we couldn't follow. You say, I'm not God, I can't do that. But because he lowered himself and took on human flesh and he died as a man upon the cross, everything that he did, he did as a spirit-filled man. And this is what we can follow. Does that make sense? Let's look at one more scripture and then we're going to close out today. This is wonderful. So as you're born again, as you're born again, you take on the characteristics of Christ and you need to claim that. If you have been born of the Spirit, if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you've been born of the Spirit, 
then the Lord says simply, you can do the works. You can do the works and you can operate in the miracles and you can have the same relationship with Abba, with Father, that he had. And we say, I'm not seeing that in my life. Well, then it's time for us to press and press and press until the manifestation comes to pass in our own lives. Because that means that we're living well beneath our privileges. Let me show you one more scripture. My goodness. So y'all stay with me today. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. And it says again, therefore, if any man be in Christ, any man, any woman, any person that's a member of the human family, if you are in Christ, that is, if you have believed in Jesus, if you are in Christ, he is a what? New creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, I'm going to show you that scripture again in another line in just a moment. It says again, verse 18, And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world uh, unto himself, not imputing their trespasses against them, which is John 3, 17, by the way, uh, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Look at verse 20. Now that, uh, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did uh, beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us. This is John 3, 16, by the way. For, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Last, let's look here uh, at the Passion Translation of 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And it says, Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. Say it with me. I have become, I have become an entirely New creation. creation. All right? He says, all that is related to the old order has what? It has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Now, of course, we're talking about our spirit, the real you. Remember, remember God is spirit. So the spirit is going to birth spirit. Flesh is going to birth Flesh, as we just talked about there in John, the third chapter, flesh begats flesh, spirit begats spirit. So when you're born again, this is a spiritual rebirth. The real you, the physical body has not changed. You come to the altar, you're somewhere and you say, Lord, I receive you. And you really do. You really believe in him. If you have only one tooth, when you say amen, you still got that one tooth. Right? Your soul, your soul, at least at that point, is unaffected. You still remember all the dirty jokes. I saw one hand go up. That's right. <laughs> the soul has to be renewed. We get all that stuff out of us, out of our minds, and receive the word, the engrafted word, which is able to save our souls. Hallelujah. But the real you, the part that is recreated in the image of God, the part that looks just like him, is your spirit. And this is what has been reborn. 
This is what has not been in existence before. This is the thing, the part of you that is fresh, brand new. This is what has come out of God. Remember the whole birthing process. Babies come out of mama. It is out of order for the baby to go into mama. Babies come out. And when a baby come out, baby comes out with mama's characteristics. Mom and daddy's characteristics. When we came out of the spirit, we came out looking like God. And so what the enemy wants to do, very much so, is to blind you from the reality of who and what you really are. He wants to blind the man that, that has not Christ. He wants to keep him blindfolded so that he cannot see the opportunity that God has given to him to be changed. One more scripture. We're going to close out today with this one. John, the first chapter, verse 12 and 13 out of the Message Bible. I love it. This is a good place to stop, Deborah. I love it so much it makes me want to kick my leg. You all can also kick your leg as well as long as nobody's in front of you. You ready to kick? James, you ready to kick? Paul, you ready to kick? Re ready? Okay, here we go. Look at this. John, the first chapter, verses 12 through 13 of the Message Bible. Listen how it reads. It says, uh, but whosoever did want him, uh, before this, the Bible talks about uh, Jesus came to his own and his own received him not, okay? They rejected him. But look at verse 12. It says, but whoever did want him, who believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said, he made to be their what? True selves, their child of God selves. These are the God begotten, not blood begotten, not flesh begotten, not sex begotten. It really makes it plain, doesn't it? So the Lord gives you the ability to become your true self. Prior to Christ, you're not your true self. But coming into Christ, believing in Jesus, seeing then beginning to see the kingdom of God, then beginning to move in the kingdom of God, you're entering the kingdom, beginning to move and to operate in God's kingdom. You're praying and you see things beginning to happen. Things begin to take shape all around your life. Things that you used to do, you don't want to do those things anymore because somehow, someway on the inside of you, now you see those sins as beneath you. Now you see them as dirt and you know that you're clean and you don't want to be associated with that anymore. Why? Why? Because the Lord has changed you. You are a new being altogether. One that has not existed. Your DNA has changed. You are a new creature in him. You say, well, I, I've been born again now for the last 30, 40, 50 years and I haven't seen anything, anything like that. It's time for you to press. And also, maybe time to ask, are you really born of God? It's possible for someone to be born of God and be ignorant. Just like it's possible for a child to be actually born, but never receive an education. And grow up 
ignorant of the world around him. I've known people that was just, well, not personally known them, but grew up in poverty, especially in this particular community, and grew up without access to the internet, access to library or schools. All they know is just that small place where they live, and they only know that 30-mile radius around them, going to the store, and, and one child, I think about 12 years old, they finally got to go up to Walmart and thought it was a great thing. They never seen that before. Really, really, really sheltered. So naturally, you can be born and remain ignorant. By the same token, you can be born of God and be ignorant as well. Because the, the scripture says it should be time when you, know, when you and I should be on strong meat, but still drinking milk for babes, having educated ourselves, haven't gotten in the word of God, haven't been in prayer, haven't sought after him. So if we are truly born of God, let's seek after him. When the word of God comes forth, it should burn. It should burn within you as Jesus talks with you. We're going to stop there for today. I encourage all of you that are listening and watching to us, watching right now to go on to the next message. I believe it's really going to bless you. Father, I pray for everyone that is here at this moment, in this moment, here in this room, and those that are watching us and listening to us online. Lord, I pray that you would show them who they really are in you. Lord, I pray that the scales would fall from their eyes and that, Lord, that the darkness would not continue to prevail in their lives, but that the light of Christ would shine through. Father, you love them more than they love themselves. And Lord, I ask even now that your children will be truly born of God, truly born again, that they will be reborn to do what they were created to do. Bless them, Father, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.